1: Today on the Zabecast, Drew Olson and I do our damnedest to make baseball warm again. The stupidity of mock drafts and a gentleman's disagreement on athletes and paternity leave. All that plus hockey on a golf channel? What? If you've got 45 minutes to kill, then buckle up and let's go! Here we go! Tuesday, April 10, 2018. Thank you for joining me. We know you have a choice in Podcast Airlines, and we value your business flying the friendly Zabe skies. Golf Channel to Air NHL Stanley Cup playoff games. What is going on? I mean, I know what's going on, and I've got the story here, and I'll give you the nuts and bolts of it. Basically, with the proliferation of early round games here in this first week of the Stanley Cup playoffs and with the NBC Universal Company owning the rights to the postseason, they apparently have run out of channels, or at least channels they want to run the games on, so they're going to borrow the Golf Channel's airwaves on Thursday and Friday night. Actually, Wednesday and Thursday night of this week. I don't quite know how I feel about this. The official comment from NBC is that, quote, we have we have and continue to receive great cooperation from CNBC and USA Network because of programming conflicts, however, on Wednesday night. For the first time, we will extend our coverage to the golf channel. Now, look, there is uh, lots of different channels that could theoretically carry the games. And if you look at the schedule on those nights, you know, CNBC has Shark Tank reruns. USA has Law & Order SVU and Suits reruns. So maybe this is NBC sending a message to the golf channel of, hey, you think I get your shit together and show something decent at night? Otherwise, we might start running infomercials because nobody's watching anything else you're doing at night. However, a reader did point out to awfulannouncing.com that Yes, CNBC has reruns early, but they've got a new episode of Staten Island Hustle at 10, and USA will broadcast a new episode of Suits at 9 o'clock. So there would be some theoretical conflict in that regard. I don't know what it means. All I know is I just, as a golfer, I I don't like it. It feels and smells like defeat. It just, and I like, I like hockey. And it may make total... Sense. This might be the equivalent of one of those Pizza Hut Taco Bell combo drive-throughs where you're like, that's kind of weird to get a pizza and a taco, and I can get both right now. Like, I don't have to go back in line. No, just glutton it up with awful food on both sides of the menu. The Pizza Hut side and the Taco Bell side. Or Taco Bell and Kentucky Fried Chicken. All part of the Tricon Global corporation that owns all three fast food restaurants i don't think i've ever seen a single drive through that has all three that'd be pretty cool not sure how the food prep would go on that if anyone out there please send me an email that has been to a triple threat tricon global fast food restaurant which is pizza hut taco bell and kentucky fried chicken so the golf channel is going to air hockey on wednesday and thursday and I don't like it, but I understand because I've watched Golf Channel at night as a golf nerd over the years, and I've seen all the big breaks, and I've seen all the Hank Haney projects. I even watched that extreme golf show that they had him running around you know, by foot, timing, you know, his combination of score and speed, running up and down and challenges. I've watched Michael Breed at night and all these lesson shows. I've seen the millionth Rerun of Caddyshack, greatest game ever played, Bobby Jones, stroke of genius, all that shit that the Golf Channel runs when they don't have programming. But I just, I'm not sure if I like them actually running hockey. Oh well. See you Wednesday night on the Golf Channel for Hey, the good old hockey game. Email sent to me from Eric Michael. You can always email me, zabe at yahoo.com. Thank you very much. Dear Zabe. Long time listener, part time tweeter, dedicated one percenter here. One percent meaning the one percent of my listeners who are all in on all things Zabe. Congratulations, Mr. One Percenter. I am much like you in that I love to create events for my friends. I have been running a golf league for my buddies the last couple of years, and we're not great, hence the league name, The Hackers. In fact, I clicked on his website, it said the quest for the purple jacket. <laughs> That that jacket must be awful. I I couldn't get through the firewall, Brian. It said I was not authorized to view it. So if you want to send me that, I'll look at your website and give it a... I, I want to see the purple jacket. That's the trophy. That's pretty hilarious. He says, we're not good, but we fire off rounds in the 70s and 80s every now and then. Anyways, I was writing to you because I would really like to add some video and some audio content for the website. And I know you're good at that. The hacker's... Uh, the, the video that's currently on the hacker's website is from my Galaxy 8 phone, which is a great phone, takes good video, but I've got zero desire in holding up that phone shot after shot after shot, especially since I prefer to walk. I also don't want to ask the guys in the group to hold their phones up all the time, shot after shot after shot. It's not that fun. I was thinking, writes Eric of something like a couple of GoPros to give the guys, and then just keep running the video until the end of the round. But I honestly don't know how much battery life they would have to have, and I feel like it would be quite expensive just for a hobby. Yeah, you're right about that. If you have any ideas or believe this is a complete waste of time, feel free to let me know. Keep up the great work, Zabe, signed Eric Michael. First of all, it's not a waste of time. And it's great. It's a hobby. It's a passion. It's fun. And when you do take video of you and your knucklehead friends out golfing, the great thing about it is, and if you just edit it up a little bit, doesn't have to be a fancy production, edit it up, keep it on your hard drive, better yet post it to YouTube, your channel, or another video thing so it's always up on the web, these video snippets, they ripen over time. They get like a fine wine. Because I've always said this about my youth, and I've had a fair amount of photos my parents took and a limited amount of video. God, I wish they had done more. I wish I'd done more video of my life and of my you know, photographs as well. I know every now and then, nowadays, everybody takes a billion photos on their phone. What is the majority of photos? People lined up side to side, smiling into the camera. Boring. Okay, we'll take more interesting photos with your phone. I'll get somebody in a candid moment or I'll get somebody while they're not looking. Okay, you can do that. Better yet is video. People don't take video because they think, well, I don't know how to edit it, and it's kind of it's big, and it's it's clunky. I'm telling you, you will cherish video of shit that you did. Fun shit, important shit, silly shit, as years go on more than anything over the years. So yes, it's not a dumb thing to do. Now, your idea of a GoPro, this is a terrible idea. First of all, a GoPro would not last four hours. Maybe it would last two Secondly, if you're going to mount it, strap it onto your guys' heads to say, here, wear this, and it'll take footage of the round, even if the battery lasted the entire round, even if your buddy said, oh, that's a great idea, no problem, and didn't mock it or drop the camera or talk shit on the camera behind your back, which would be interesting. Guess what? You're now going to have four hours of footage you've got to slog through and find, oh, here's a good one. That's. Kind of in frame and sort of in focus. The answer is back to your phone. You say uh, that you know your phone is great, but you don't want to hold it up shot after shot. Don't hold it up shot after shot. You're not giving you know wall to wall coverage of your golf round for your golf tournament. Just take selected videos every third hole, at most. And so therefore, you know six out of eighteen holes, you got some shots on, and. Camera phones and camera video is so good right now. It's it's really better when I do stuff on the golf course. It's better than any other camera I have. And I have plenty of expensive cameras, and I have a GoPro. The GoPro is not good because it's a wide-angle lens, and therefore it gives a big panoramic view, but it makes the golfers and the people smaller in it, so it just it doesn't look as dramatic. The other cameras, like I have a nice... point-and-shoot Sony RX100 Mark V, and that's a great camera, make no mistake. And I will take it out on the golf course because it's small and put it in my golf bag, no problem. Problem is it's got a ton of settings. And even if I put on automatic, I still have to start it up, turn it on, setting, 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 okay, we're good to go and shoot. Sometimes it's off. You know what your phone camera does? It just compensates for everything, exposure, um, focus, I mean it's your camera phone on your current Samsung Galaxy, iPhone six plus, seven, eight, not X, whatever, they're phenomenal cameras. And the high f- speed frame rate on your phone camera is great for golf as well. I mean, golf is really good for high speed stuff because you know, your club's moving fast, the ball's moving fast. Take take videos with your camera, with your with your phone. Just, you know, make sure you got it horizontal. Hold it steady. Learn some basic rules of framing. Look up Google search rule of thirds and take those videos and tell your friends, look, here's what I want in a video. Just show them. Say here, hold it steady, you know, chest height, balance, don't one hand it like, you know, all shaky footage. Give it a 10 second click. There's a shot reaction from everybody going, God, I suck at golf. I'm going to quit or drinking a beer. Stop. Now you got the video and when you're ready, you'll be able to edit all that stuff together and it will not take forever. So there is my little video-making tip for you. I hear Drew Olsen walking into the ZabeCast right now.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Sounds like you're sick. Talking.
0: You. Yes, to I, I am sick. I got the, uh, the creeping crud of a cough that, you know, what are you going to do? It's not bad enough to stay home, but...
1: Why not take a maintenance day? Why don't you take a maternity leave day? You know, my neighbor is so fucking pissed about this with the Nats. They sent some guy off on maternity leave, and he's like, do your fucking job. This is ridiculous. And I'm with him on that. I think it's bullshit, but, you know, it doesn't make me very new age to say, no, no. Your wife is home with a kid. You're a billionaire ball player. Have a nanny. Go play baseball, for God's sakes. Well, how many days is he missing? Doesn't matter, Drew. It yeah. doesn't matter. You probably are different thinking, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, as a guy who did that slog. You did? Well, as a guy you who took d- maternity leave? Fuck no. I covered the fucking World Series in the playoffs when my kid was born.
1: Oh, okay. And, and you wish dumb you would... of me. Why? Yeah, it was dumb. Well, it was did dumb. Did your kid die? No. <laughs> so at least that didn't. But I'm just happen. a
0: jabroni reporter, far from a fucking millionaire.
1: Do you think that baseball players should get time off because their wife pumped out a kid? A day or two. A day or two. Yes. What? What if it's in the middle of a pennant race? Um, oh well, wait, now, wait. Now no! It's, no! No! Oh, yeah. It's it's the player's choice. Let the <laughs> player make the choice. And and do you think and they it would? The consecu- what if it was a really good player, like your best player, like a Bryce Harper?
0: Well, it's bad planning on uh, parental. <laughs> bad yeah, timing but babies happen like the lamp yeah. bad
1: bad thing you know timing bad timing happens every now yeah, and yeah
0: and what if his wife has complications and dies then he, then can he leave then
1: this ain't the fucking frontier she's not gonna have complications well, and die
0: hey sometimes it happens some occasionally tougher than others some uh, okay some well if she goes at
1: risk if she goes into complications then bryce harper can leave about, the team how about that well yeah travis shaw last year the brewers had a daughter in
0: cardiac critical care the baby okay. that he spent every waking moment away from the ballpark at the hospital okay in intensive care wait why'd and he go to the ballpark had he have taken some time and he took some time off initially why didn't then, take all
1: the time off that was needed it's just a stupid baseball game
0: well because he didn't anybody else would have done the same thing to still go to work oh okay but his wife was there with the daughter too but
1: so a little time of off is okay shifts. but all, all the time off is bad well, at some point,
0: you know, when it, with a kid like that, you know, what can you, you do there? I mean, you can you, you got to sleep sometimes, and you kind of have to get away for your own mental health. I was was, he actually it, said it was good
1: I was calling it mutternity leave. It was actually paternity leave. Paternity leave, leave. yes. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Montero was the gnat who was uh, given paternity leave. And given the fact that it's so early in the season, eh, who the fuck cares, right? Plus, he's our backup catcher, so who the fuck cares, right? Yeah. Okay. Basically, who cares? Okay, very good. And, and in April, who cares?
0: Actually, they've relaxed things in baseball. Guys, it used to be the only thing guys could leave for, coaches, players couldn't leave for anything, and coaches could only leave for, like, the high school graduation of a kid.
1: <laughs> you, you were granted two days off. Okay. Well, my, my neighbor from down the street, who is the greatest family man, he puts our whole street to shame because they are the perfect family, Drew. He, uh, he is so anti this, it's so funny. It's the weirdest thing in the world because I would have thought he would have been, oh, take some time off. Nothing more important than family and kids. Apparently not. Drew Olson is with us here from the Big 920 in Milwaukee. What's up, Drew? It's a rolling open to today's podcast. How are you, buddy? I was going to say, it's so rolling that I just hit record. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I've been recording the whole time, so I've Fantastic. got all this as leverage. Fantastic. All right, let's make baseball warm again. Not great again. Let's make it warm again. The uh, Cubs snowed out on opening day at home at Wrigley Field. The Twins had to cancel a game. The Yankees had to cancel a game. I mean, seriously, what can we do to maybe soften the bitter blow of the early part of the season? Well, schedule games in domes and warm-weather cities as much as possible. That was going to be my first. And, of course, they did with the Cubs. They sent them away for the first, what, nine games yeah, this season? Nine
0: games on the road. I don't think they've done that in a long time.
1: What is the guideline for most games? Like, what's the longest road trip teams will take every year? Well, some teams that are moving into a new stadium need time to, you know, do Forget special flush. circumstances. Yeah. In general, what's the baseball scheduling well, know, guidelines? They don't want to send I a mean, team on the road for how many? Because in, in football, they don't want to send a team on the road for more than two weeks in a row. The only uh, 10-game trip is like the longest trip you have, basically. Okay. So, in yes. other words, they gave the Cubs the longest trip they could? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. What if they gave them double that to make sure the weather was a little better in Chicago? I uh, bet. How can you? I mean, how can you make sure. A, a year ago, Have it was you seventy-five ever been to degrees in? here. Yeah, a year ago,
0: it was seventy-five degrees on this date.
1: So okay. How, how about this? Shorten the season. Hey, I'm all about that. You are. Oh, I, I, I'd be down with that. You sure. so take knock it down to one five four. Yes. I, I'm Why radical is, enough to
0: think that give every Monday off, except for play one game on Monday night baseball to make it special. That, that, although Ooh. Sunday night baseball is special. Give everybody every Monday off in the season. It'll help the pitching. It'll help everything. Help everybody rest, and then but if it would play leave that money game,
1: on the table, wouldn't it? Yeah,
0: and then I'm also radical enough to remember when they used to play double headers, right? Play two seven inning double headers.
1: Well, did the union play a lobby double header? Did the union lobby against double headers? Yeah, They're like these are a pain in the ass. Partially man. the same reason. Well, they end up doing these day night things with the uh, Where they, with they the rainouts, and they yes. flush the stadium of fans, and then get a whole new set of customers in. Yeah, I'm trying to think the last time Drew that a NFL or that any sports entity ever took less money. Yeah, well, I or see ever I, willingly contracted or said, you know what? We're going to dial it back just a bit
0: when when pace of play wasn't a problem and you could do games in two hours and 20 minutes. I remember the twilight doubleheader would start at six o'clock
1: and they'd play two games. Nice. Yeah. Two twenty two thirty four hours, 50 minutes. Not terrible. <laughs> if it's a nice weather night and the beers are flowing. Good night at the ballpark, right? Yeah. Okay, well, we got to get the games going fast again and then put doubleheaders back in, and then we could start giving every team Monday off. Yeah, how never going to happen. How about play more players so that in a doubleheader, you're basically playing your B team for one of the two games?
0: I kind of like that. I'm, I'm a big advocate, and we're seeing it right now because um, the team that I follow, the Milwaukee Brewers, Ding. is um they're, they're in a situation where they had a couple injuries, and, and you see teams now, the way teams are using bullpens and pitchers, there's basically going to be – you have a 25-man roster, but you have three or four guys that are just going to ride the, the the frequent flyer express between your AAA team and the big league team. Right. Like you, They used a kid for two innings the other day and then sent him out because they couldn't use him the next day. They had to get another arm up. I'm all about the taxi squad in baseball. Oh, okay. Where you have a 28-man roster. You declare 25 active for a series. And what do the non-active guys do? The non-active do? guys just hang out and work out, and they're on the team – and then the next series, they might get now. If you have to use, do they the have DL, to dress,
1: or can they show up to the ballpark wearing anything they want, um, like they have, a Tommy Bahama shirt? And they, flip they dress.
0: Flats. They dress for the pregame workout and take part in that. Okay, and then, but it's just like it's like the uh, the non-dress guys in football or hockey.
1: Well, yeah. Why, exactly. why do you not have these with you? Right, healthy scratches in hockey. Yeah, suck. And the, the the NFL's active and inactives is bullshit because well,
0: the NFL should have a higher, a bigger active roster. They to should. Joke that they don't.
1: They should really be stupid that they don't. You know why they have inactives in football though, the the principle behind it? No, what is People it? People ask me this all the time and it took me a while to get the concept. Basically, it's to even out injuries. So in other words, if on your 53-man roster, you've got a bunch of guys banged up that are 50-50, questionable, may not play, if you're artificially limiting by seven slots the active roster for Sunday, you you know, if one team only has two guys banged up, they would have an advantage than a team that has nine guys banged up. Oh, that's so they lop it to seven, and then it balance. I know it's all that's to be- try to be. fair. The an-
0: what the NFL does with rosters and injuries flabbergasts me how badly they manage that. The fact that they don't have like a ten day DL or something where you can you know <laughs> replace replace players like it's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, like why do they have to be done for the year? And it's yeah. like, we'll give you one slot where this guy can come that's- back. Later in a sport in the, with the injury rate is 100%, what the fuck, how does that work? I think it's a money thing. I think they just don't want to pay these guys. Well, and
0: that's what it's, as, as you come around and you dig deeper into the details, my idea, money. people don't want to pay, they don't want to pay three, give guys service time and have three guys sitting on the roster and collecting money and meal money. But I've counterbalanced that, like the Brewers, if your AAA team is in Colorado Springs and you're shuttling guys and getting them there and guys have to get up at 3 in the morning to get there the next day. The money you save, it's almost a wash. It's got to be almost a wash with the travel expenses to have these guys and carry them. And the union should love it because it's three extra big league jobs.
1: Yeah, Yeah, you'd think it would all work out. Let's talk umpires for a second. We had a situation here in D.C. over the weekend in which uh, we had a player kicked out for – Anthony Rendon was kicked out for just dropping his bat. Uh, The umpire behind the plate, I forget his name, said – it was, he had to kick him out because he had done a big circle, drew out of the batter's circle, which you're not supposed to do on a bad call, he thought, the pitch before. And then when he struck out on that same inside pitch, he dropped his bat, didn't say anything, and they kicked him out of the game in like the second it's inning. The umpire having rabbit ears. <laughs> that's just, that's, that's bullshit. Why doesn't a... baseball reel these umpires in? In order I, they've to. They've done a
0: pretty good job. And the umpires, though, are feeling it because they never have to take the Earl Weaver, Lou Pinella spittle flying in your face, right. jaw to jaw, because everybody's just like, oh, wait, should we challenge that? What should we do? What should we do? And <laughs> right. there's no none of this confrontation that there used to be. There's no
1: venting. There's no You can't argue balls and strikes anymore. Why not create a really high bar for actually kicking a player out of the game? Because I'm pretty much sure that more Nats fans came to the park and sat in 41-degree weather to see Anthony Rendon than they did to see the home plate umpire act like a dick.
0: Absolutely. One of my favorite ejection stories, the Brewers had a their best player at the time was Jeremy Bernitz was their right
1: fielder. Uh, I remember
0: Bernitz. He took a call third strike that was borderline from an umpire that was screwing guys on the zone all day, and he just kind of stood at home plate, sighed. Uh, he, his shoulders like heaved <laughs> like he had just sighed. Give and the then he walked sigh. away. The big sigh, and he walked away. And he got ejected. And Phil Garner <laughs> was managing at the time, and Garner ran out to the umpires like, he didn't do anything, You didn't show you up, he did nothing. And under his breath, Burnett, with that sigh, it said, you're horse shit.
1: Yeah, right. And he, and he walked away. Well, if we had those ejections and in my house, my wife would lead the league in ejections. Oh, yeah. With the shoulder-slumping sigh. Of the dis- shoulder sigh, the, the eye sh- roll. The shoulder-slumping slumping sigh of disappointment over something, anything, yes. who knows, you know. So Garner said, he's
0: my best player, you're throwing him out in the third inning. You're screwing my team, and he did nothing to show you up. And the umpire said he, he he said I was horseshit. And then Garner said, "Of course, well, you are horseshit." And then he got ejected. Yeah, too, you're gone. And
1: you're gone. This was all recounted to me by the opposing catcher, who thought it was hilarious. When are we going to actually go to electronic balls and strikes? People ask me that all the time, and I don't. You know, the more I watch
0: replay and stuff in baseball, I think baseball has the best officiating. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a baseball guy. Really. The amount of calls that they get right on bang-bang plays is, I think, stunning. And what, where do you stand on replay in baseball? I, it's become too onerous now. It's become, it's, we're, we're again, we're parsing it to the frame-by-frame frame of right. the minutia. Granular. It's, we're at the yeah, granular it's level. granular. Yes. Literally,
1: yeah. Because there was that call early in the season about a week and a half ago on the Tigers home opener on a walk-off hit that had a bang-bang play at the plate, and they looked at it forever and then finally overturned it. All the fans are like, yay, it's great. We won on opening day and a walk-off. And they're like, well, it might have it clipped somebody's uh, pant leg, which I thought was inconclusive. But some people are like, you can see it hit the pant leg. Just go on Twitter and you'll know that there are always going to be people that see exactly the opposite of you on any close call, that you are certain was wrong. Yeah. There's always going to be people going, no, right here. See, this frame, this angle, this, that, whatever. So what would you do? Would you get rid of it, dial it back, just uh, keep it from going any further? Just n- absolutely no further. Okay. So yeah. draw a line in the sand right now with replaying replay in baseball. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm not about the um, – I'm not about the – the balls and strikes, I still think, let the umpire do it. you got to have somebody back there. How about this? If the umpires throw a player out, that team gets to throw one of the umpires out. Just one. <laughs> let like, them go shorthand. Yeah, right. To say, okay, all right, we're going to play that game. Huh? Well, you gone. And just go shorthanded. All you need are really two umpires to do a game. That's what it's done at the youth level, right? Home plate guy and a field yeah. guy that covers everything and just stands in the middle of the field. That Yeah. Okay. I mean, we could get
0: past that, sure. And you love it in the, uh, in the playoffs and World Series. They really sack up and have six.
1: You got a yeah. guy down
0: each line. And Richie Garcia still misses a call that Orioles fans will oh, stew over. Oh, yes,
1: indeed. Speaking of baseball and the Brewers, what do you make of this TV reporter fight? And what is the closest you have ever come yourself to a media brawl? In case you didn't hear the story, uh, apparently a TV reporter in Milwaukee for one station got into it with a female reporter from another station while they were both off-duty. The female reporter's boyfriend stepped in to uh, defend her honor. Next thing you know, he's punching the boyfriend in the face, and the cops are coming in for an arrest. All right, so what I want to know with this story is, obviously, okay, so the guy from Fox 6 is the puncher.
0: The guy from the comp- competing station, uh, which is Channel 4, which yeah. is the uh, NBC affiliate, was the Punch E. Okay. And the, his girlfriend, who was being demeaned by the Fox 6, also works at Fox 6.
1: Oh. So I'm saying, was, wow. this, a,
0: was this a competitive thing where he was ripping her for going out with a guy from the sta- other state, Or is like, this how a love triangle? Yeah. Did he used to date her? And then she <laughs> broke up with him and is now seeing this clown from the other station. That's those are the details I want, and these media outlets. If Do you know was, either one
1: of these guys, by the way?
0: No, not really.
1: Are you if, not? Are you not still in the TV biz in part time at least? I,
0: I'm at a different station. I know all okay. the reporters at another shop in town. But the the thing is, and I'm sure it's like this in a lot of markets, um, they're churning through people so fast in television, really? in local television, that. There are these, and these are two of the stations. Defined fast, especially Channel Four. Well, every time you turn it on, there's somebody reporting from a, a salt pile during a blizzard or something that you've never right. seen
1: before, or a tree that's down in the summer. Yeah, or you. you I'm just, here in Elm Street, and we have a tree that and is uh, And These people in the are mispronouncing
0: of... the names of local suburbs because they're from somewhere else, and they're 23, <laughs> and they it's the turnover is amazing. Is it business.
1: like on a year by year basis, basically? Yeah, I think so. Really, it's very transient. It's more transient than it's ever been. So, the golden age of local TV anchors, especially in Milwaukee, are over. Well, anchors still tend to stick, but the reporters. Okay, the reporters get churned through left. This
0: has always been, well, this has been like a sticky market where you'd think, because it's uh, Milwaukee's, what, I don't know, 30th or something like that, or 35th or whatever it is. Um, But you would think that people would get here on their way to, you know, uh, climb the ladder. I'm I'm parlaying this into a job in Dallas or Phoenix. 33,
1: uh, Uh, right, right behind San Jose, California. And right yeah. ahead of Providence, Rhode Island. So, yeah, in that strata, you think people
0: are going to Kansas City. But what happens is people realize it's it's a big, small town that's very livable, and cost of living is good, and it's yeah. it's not a bad lifestyle other than the shitty weather. Although no, the weather's fantastic. What are you talking so about? So the market tends to be a little sticky, but now it's very transient, and the, these, these stations are burning through people. So I don't know these people, and Would I you... want to know what the love triangle is. But I'll say this. Had this happened at a different shop... Yes. The aggrieved party, the which would be TMJ4. Yes. Um, they'd be reporting the shit out of it. But and? there's been crickets from the two shops really? involved here. They they the media does a very bad job of reporting on itself.
1: <laughs> Should they endeavors. report on this? Is well, it newsworthy? One would think, you know. Maybe, but it was just a punch, it was a fight. They how bad was the guy hurt that got punched? Was uh, he in the hospital?
0: I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there was a orbital he hasn't been on TV in a while, I don't think. So maybe he's uh Well,
1: I guess in TV your face is it's, it's your, all anchor man though, nothing yeah. to the face, right? <laughs> right. Your face is your money, so it's like you can't touch my face of all exactly. things. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. And you it, never got into it well, with somebody. You did you ever nearly come to blows covering sports as either a newspaper man, TV man, radio oh, man? I've
0: seen I'm pretty low blood pressure when it comes to stuff like that. I've seen it and I've played peacemaker and the closest might have been like a media basketball pickup basketball oh, okay. game in, in in Arizona never with, you know, in a work setting. Nothing's ever. But I've seen fights almost happen and I've maybe stepped in, you know. I've, in those the, the the worst place is those scrums with the TV guys and the cameras around oh, yeah, guy's get your locker. microphone
1: out of my face. Hey yeah, man, you're ruining my two shot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's then, the, that's when it gets bad. And then next thing you know, Buffet-grazing media members take it up a notch. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it?
0: Yeah, I stabbed a man in the heart. (laughs) I saw that. Brick killed a guy. Did you throw a trident? Yeah, there were horses and a man on fire, (laughs) and I killed a guy with a trident.
1: Brick, I've been meaning to talk to you about that. You should find yourself a safe house or a relative close by. Lay low for a while because you're probably wanted for probably murder. Probably wanted for murder. All right. Well, I hope it works out. Is that a fireable offense? I don't think so. It's embarrassing, but I, I don't know if it's fireable. Are DUIs fireable offenses? Well,
0: and that's the thing. If someone from another station got a DUI, every station would be reporting the hell out of it. You think so, huh? Yes.
1: Okay.
0: And th- the fact that this has happened and there's silence from the respective shops just tells you that, you know, double standard. Okay.
1: Okay. How excited are you for these uh, made-up, manufactured, way too early NFL stories and segments? I just saw a headline on ESPN: Field Yates' top ten fantasy quarterbacks for 2018. Oh, oh <laughs> I mean, we we got a long swim, don't we, from actual football being played? This is what it's going to be in April.
0: Yeah, that that is um, that's excessive. That's uh, feeding the beast, as it were, and the beast is getting bigger and bigger.
1: And how do you feel about the chains? How do you feel about mock draft 1.0, 2.0, 3.0? I
0: hate everything to do with mock draft.
1: <laughs> Why is that? I want I want to hear your reason. I, I I'm with just you on it. As, I just want to hear it's just
0: so completely meaningless. Like because you can talk about teams needs, but the idea that I'm going to slot and tell you when the draft is so volatile as we've seen. The idea that anybody—it's—it's it's like trying to—it's the pursuit of a perfect bracket.
1: It is, is what it is, right? It's because similar. You're, you're it's, trying it's equally to, impossible. You're trying to be a mind reader as to what a team thinks they need more than something else. Yes, and that's always in dispute because every NFL team basically needs another one of everything. Right? Correct. And so you're trying to guess what do you think they really need, and then you're trying to guess what everyone thinks the quality of a given prospect is. Is he a first-round yes. safety? Is he really a lottery pick, and wide then, receiver, et cetera, et cetera?
0: And then we'll, we'll add the multiplying factor of the guys who do these that are actually connected and talk to people – are being given, uh, given many times faulty information to sure, throw other teams purpose. off the trail on purpose by the executives that they trust are hosing them so the information that they're using to base their opinions on is flawed and awful. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's an exercise in complete futility to me. And the only thing worse than the mock drafts, the instant grades of drafts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. Because... They did really well. They addressed this need, addressed that yeah. need. We really like great this draft. prospect here. Yeah. yeah. But yet it generates the most clicks and the most views sure. and the most attention.
0: So what I like to do on, during the draft is, um, as a, on the first day of the draft, we, we look back at the one from three years ago and grade oh, that.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah,
0: we, we dive back in the time capsule. And, and then, <laughs> well, well, and the trump card is to listen to when the Packers got Aaron Rodgers and listen to the Talking Heads do a whole segment. And, oh, it was, I'm sorry, it was, the, it was the year when the Packers drafted Brian Brom and Aaron Rodgers hadn't been established as the starter yet, and the talking heads at the panel spent two segments telling us that Brian Brown was going to usurp Aaron Rodgers as the superior player and the starter in Green Bay. Oh,
1: my God. Yeah, that's my
0: refrain. I play that and say, this is why I can't deal with this crap. You have audio of that, huh? Oh, of course. It's all over the interwebs. I'll send it to you. You can play it. It's funny.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely want to hear that. That's great. But I guess, you know, for, for for a lot of people, they just love football so much. I liken it to... You, you have to be in your basement playing around with your football figurines. You're not actually outside playing football games, but your next best thing as a kid is to take your football figurines, go to the basement, and start lining them up and pretending to play football. You'll do that now, people will, for eight months just yep. waiting for just, the real football to come around again.
0: That's right. And the idea that some teams do it better than others, there's so much luck involved. There's so totally much. Totally luck. It's just. And the, we ascribe these. You know these values and the the pick. It, it to me it's just folly. Like let's see them when they get there and when they start playing, and then we'll talk about. It. I mean I understand it's the lifeblood of organizations, and I understand it's the whole NFL media industrial complex got to feed the beast. But right. I just I don't mind sitting out. Sit sitting sit, sitting that one out. Sit, I yeah.
1: I, I, although I will say I think it's okay to at least go through the players who are likely to be first rounders. Because at least now you're looking at players and you're getting a sense of, yeah. here's who this guy is. You're well, not pretending to say, I know where he's going right. to go. My or- team
0: needs a safety. Who are the top five safeties? Yeah. Right? Like yeah, that's, sub- who should I who should I pine for? <laughs> that's okay. but right. it, And then in terms of reading the stuff, like Bill Barnwell um, does yes. pretty good work. He's got a two-parter out of why the league is so bad at drafting quarterbacks. Now, that's a think piece that I can look at.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating because like, they, they actually cross themselves up, teams do, looking at the wrong shit and I think yes. being completely idiots about but, stuff.
0: But the idea that you know this linebacker from LSU is better than this one from Boise State, and here's why, it, okay, come on.
1: I think the only way to win the draft is to have the most picks, period. The oh, no most doubt. Most picks, like who won the draft? Give me a grade for the draft. Well, who had the most selections? That's the team that won yeah. the draft because it is – all a crapshoot and I am a firm believer in never ever trading up to get somebody I don't care what round it is I don't care how much you think you love someone take somebody else you're not that smart and you don't know whether that guy you give up extra picks to go get is going to be any good
0: yeah, it generally doesn't work. The Packers did it with Clay Matthews. They traded up to get Clay Matthews
1: And they do work out sometimes. Occasionally, like sometimes but it... you're
0: right. The risk and reward, it's it's a matter of I want more attempts. If we're having a shooting contest and uh, you know, to see who can make the most three pointers and Zabe, you get seven shots and I get twelve, I like my chances. Right. And, and you don't have to be a
1: good shooter to you, know that I like my chances. You moved up to get Clay Matthews. How do you know he wasn't going to fall to you? Yeah. So there's that. Let the board be the board. You don't know who else you might have got that might have been equally as good. Or better. As good as Clay Matthews was. There might have been somebody better behind him in the draft, although I really haven't looked. Where was Clay Matthews drafted again? First round. Okay. Okay. There's your NFL draft talk for you. Uh, Okay, did you enjoy your hate watch of the Masters? Because I know, Drew, you really don't like golf, but you claim that you do. Oh, I like golf. How would you enjoy your hate watch of the Masters? Hate watch? It's the best nap of the year. (laughs) See, 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 see. There's the hate watch right there. I love it. Did you watch the Masters? Did you like the Masters in any way, shape, or form? I I liked it
0: very much. I thought it was great theater. The only thing was that... I didn't really know. I mean, I was passingly aware of Patrick Reed's backstory, which now everybody knows. Right, a prong, estranged from his family, kicked right. out of school. Teammates hate him. Guys on the tour tolerate him, but right, right. But there was just something there that was palpable. I think even if you are a golf fan, people were cheering for Spieth and Fowler, the guys they knew, and there was something like unlovable. And I don't know if it's as simple as like the way he looks or the shirt that Nike made him wear. Everything, or the whole the, package. The whole package was like, this is not a guy. I Can you know? He exuded a vibe that was not, you know, uh, an un, relatively unknown. I'm talking about to the passive fan who's My watching.
1: sense was that the fans would have been into Patrick Reed if he was battling Rory McIlroy only tooth and nail down the stretch. It would have been totally different, especially if it was a close final round between him and McIlroy trading the lead. I think the roars would have been for Patrick Spieth or Patrick Reed. But once Rory sort of bowed out and with Patrick Reed in the lead and just hanging on, there wasn't that excitement. You don't want to root for a guy to hang on, number one, no matter how popular. And secondly, because there are now suddenly two more popular Americans in Ricky Fowler and Jordan Spieth, the crowd's like, oh, fuck, I'll root for them now. Yeah. That That was was my sense of it, but I can't You're right, and it is the
0: story. The guy hanging on is the hard guy to cheer for. You're cheering for the guy because you want more and you want the playoff and you want the drama yeah to the end and the yeah, drama Speed is the was guy... working
1: on a 62 yeah the guy like, hanging out by... for that
0: the guy hanging on by his fingernails in the movie is not the guy you're rooting for necessarily
1: yeah. so as far as the journalism involved in reporting on and you know doing work on patrick reed's family situation where do you stand on that because a certain number of people think it's outrageous that this should even be talked about because we don't go into other golfers family dynamics your thoughts
0: I have heard that, and that um, I, I just think when you're kind of breaking this guy in, like you you want to know who is this guy, who right. won the Masters? What's and the these story? Are the, and these are the details. Like you can't mask the fact that he was at Georgia and left amid murky circumstances and threats of and, and you know, allegations of cheating and stealing money from teammates and stuff. Right. I mean,
1: but as far as the family life goes, some people are decrying that. Like, hey man, that's nobody's well, business. But I I think it is. You got to write it when it's so severe. That his parents are barred from coming to the course yeah. itself, and you know, Aaron Rodgers
0: hasn't spoken to his family in a while, and that's been well covered. And, I, and when you win that's the Masters true. for that fleeting moment, you're at the top of the sport, and you know, it's you 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 become an open book. Is it fair? I understand both sides. I think that journalistically, you have to do it, but I understand people who say, "Well, why are you doing that? It's gratuitous." And like, why, why do you well, let the guy have his moment or whatever? But no, you don't. You don't get to operate in anonymity on that scale and when you win right. a master's your your people are going to dive in they want to know who, who your wife is and how'd you meet her and like what's she about and you cool with your family um yeah ex- absolutely i'm was a pause I'm, if it comes out yeah well is anybody like really cool <laughs> with their family i mean
1: a lot of people are really cool yeah with their family. No, I,
0: I am i am good that way open to scrutiny but there are other things that would keep me from running for public office or you know surviving the scrutiny of the 30 for 30
1: really oh of course You're like, oh, of course. of course. Don't we all have those things? Come on, Zabe. Oh, I have things that I'd be mortally embarrassed by, no question about it. No doubt. But does that mean they're actually that bad that it would prevent me from winning office? I might just be embarrassed. I ain't sharing my browser history. That's for goddamn. That's for sure. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) They're alone. Right. But otherwise, not so much. What's the longest you've ever gone without talking to your parents, mom or dad, because you were pissed off at them?
0: Oh, I don't know that I ever have had really? those droughts, yeah.
1: You ever tell your mom, fuck you? Uh, no. Ever tell your dad, fuck you? No. Ever fought your dad? No. Interesting. Mm. Now, you really haven't lived very much, Drew.
0: Uh, yeah, it's true. Probably not.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. What percentage of people do you think would say that they have told their mom, fuck you? Oh. I bet today's generation, with the, the mouths on these oh. millennial kids... Yeah. I, mean, I bet it's. Uh, fuck you. A you lot took my higher. phone away for Right. A night. Yeah. Right, exactly.
0: Yeah, you're the worst ever. You took my phone away. How Our dirty.
1: generation, where it's like, if you said fuck you to any one of your parents, if you said it to your mom, she might whoop you. And if she didn't do it, dad would certainly whoop your ass. Even yeah. if dad wasn't really that into mom at that point of the marriage, if you were living together with them and you uncorked that one, oh, yeah. Oh, Get yeah. ready for a whooping. Yep. And they say physical correction doesn't work (laughs) i think when limited in a limited way in the proper dosages there's nothing quite like Ah, it there's nothing that backs a kid off more than oh yeah my dad is really big and he's kind of crazy and he might actually whoop my ass the threat of physical right you know timeouts only go so far right we've been putting all our kids in timeouts and that whole nonviolent thing which i guess is the way to go but still
0: my dad, uh, I think he invented the timeout when I was a kid because the only thing I cared about as a 7- or 8-year-old was sports, right? And so he came up with a system of technical fouls. Oh, and he did? It was a three-strike system. Get and from, out! If I was misbehaving at a family function or something and he saw me from across the room, he would tee me up.
1: Get, and it was really? a
0: three-strike thing, and three, <laughs> I was out. And that's when I was, you know... What did he call you know, them? Did he call them Technicals. Tees? It was technicals. No yeah, It was kidding. tees, yeah. And he was Mendy Rudolph. <laughs> Your dad was Mendy Rudolph. He was Mandy Rudolph. He could tee me up if he heard something. And he, boom, I'd get teed up. That was would the he, only thing I understood. Would he do the motion? Would he do yes. the, oh, make the, the tee with yes. his hands? Yes, go absolutely. Yep. That's a tee. It could happen from across the room. If I wised off to my mom, he'd give it to me. And then would three, he, I was done for the night and had to go to my room.
1: Would he would he make somebody else at the party shoot free throws because of it? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good <laughs> the person sitting there with a shrimp cocktail and a and a cognac and they're like what are you doing you're like you need to come over here you got to shoot a couple of free th- free threes I just teed my kid up because he was running around the living room <laughs> yep. kicking a soccer ball I'm sorry about that but it's it's necessary for tonight's cocktail party yes. Okay. Yep. It was three and out though. It was, th- it was a three strike. So he mixed the sports. Three strikes, you're out. It was three texts for me. Dude, that is hilarious. Yes. He was Mandy Rudolph. You know, you could actually make it a you know a system like flagrant one, flagrant <laughs> exactly. two, behavioral foul, and and then you could institute league fines to your kid's piggy bank. Yes. The Monday after some shit went down where you were misbehaving. Yeah. Oh, and when
0: getting I teed up in the sense. back of the car on a trip, you know that was. <laughs> And I never knew, like, when we were traveling, if we were in the back of the car, would I just get left at a rest stop or something? <laughs> like, what? Well, yeah,
1: there had to be the fear of that to yes. get you in line, right? Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Time for FTG. I'm not a good guy. I'm the guy. Ha <laughs> ha, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Sometimes you just need to say, fuck that guy. Now is the time. Drew Olson, you are first up to the I plate. Got a, I got a batch of them, Zabe, and I'm going to th- read some names
0: at you because I don't know necessarily, so I'm going to blanket fuck that guy. Okay. James Ashwill. All right. I'm going to go John I have no
1: idea who that is. I'm I'm waiting, though, because I think this is going to be interesting when it's all said and done. And Peter
0: Devlin. I have no
1: idea who that is. Of course you don't.
0: Neither did I until I looked it up. They are from the sound department of the movie Bad Boys 2 which was released in 2003. Why
1: would you possibly do a fuck that guy on those people? Here, here's the thing. Brought us Saturday
0: away. night, I'm fighting a cold. I'm at Stately Olsen Manor. I'm watching sports. I'm flipping around. I'm having a night on the couch. Wife and daughter are on a spring break choir trip. House to myself. Quiet, right? And I watched the paternal movie on HBO, which we can talk about. It was good. I thought yeah. it, was, you know, it had its merits. And then I passed out, and I was awakened... In a kind of one of these fever dreams by the movie Bad Boys Two, which yeah. you know, starring Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, yeah. right? Gun battles, gun battles, car, car crashes, chases, crashes, music, and tires it was screeching. So fucking loud <laughs> compared to the Paterno movie. And it was one of those deals where I had fallen asleep in a blanket on the couch, the remote had flipped somewhere, and I was too tired to get up and shut <laughs> it off. You couldn't find it. That circle of hell. And I'm okay. like, Fuck these sound people for making this so loud. And even in movies now, when you go to the theater sometimes, my daughter doesn't like watching movies in theaters. She'd rather watch shit on her phone because she doesn't like the loud music and the overdone stuff of Foley uh, editors. And I don't know if it's the boom guy, but the people in charge of the sound on Bad Boys 2. Fuck that guy. I really hate
1: your ass right now. I hate your ass right now. My fuck that guy goes to a generic guy who is a golf fan who tells me to stop complaining that the Masters won't show 18-hole total coverage on Thursday and Friday. I'm tired of you saying, oh, don't worry, relax, it's traditional, or you can see some highlights on the app, or at least they'll show Amen Corner or this. No, no, fuck you, pal. I'm a sports fan who loves golf, who wants to see all of it. Stop selling me what you think is good enough. I want the whole McGillis. So to everybody who dared to say that to me on my timeline or on email. Fuck you. Fuck that guy. I'm tired of him. All right, Drew. People can reach you at the following electronic mail address. Oh, how about on Twitter, at Drew Olson, M-K-E? You don't do email, huh? I do email. Okay. Drew at TheBig920.com. Okay, very good. Drew at thebig twenty. I expect com. a lot
0: of emails from Foley editors and boom guys and sound uh, mixers. <laughs> Key grips. Yeah, whoever they Mix did, masters. They did. <laughs> yes.
1: Did you, so I guess you didn't watch the rest of the movie, huh? Uh,
0: no, I tried to pass out until the next car chase and gun <laughs> battle. And then finally I got so pissed that I got up and looked for the remote and
1: turned the TV off. Very good. Drew, good to talk to you, bud. Thanks. You bet. And all We'll end with this today. File this story under, yeah, don't do this. For one brave man, eating one of the hottest peppers in the world came with an unexpected side effect. Days of splitting headaches that prompted a trip to the emergency room. Idiot. The unusual case, detailed in the BMJ, something, something medical journal, began immediately after the 34-year-old man took part in a chili pepper eating contest. Huh. I think I see the problem right there. Don't do it. He ate a so-called Carolina Reaper, the pepper christened as the world's hottest by the Guinness Book of World Records in 2013. You know the scale to measure hotness of a pepper? It's the Scoville scale? Yes, it's an actual scale. Immediately after eating the pepper, he started a dry heave. <laughs> he then felt excruciating neck pain that soon radiated throughout his entire head. For the next several days, he would experience short but incredibly painful bursts of head pain known as thunderclap headaches. Oh, those sound like real fun. The episodes got so bad that he eventually visited the ER and was treated. Thankfully, a brain scan did not reveal any major neurological issues other than the fact he's a fucking idiot who's in pepper-eating contests. Those neurological issues could have included a bulged blood vessel or aneurysm, bleeding, or or any other types of things you don't want happening in your brain. Several of his arteries did appear to narrow significantly a condition called Reversible Cerebral Vasoconstriction Syndrome, or RCVS. Or, as I like to call the whole episode, Don't Do That Dumb Shit. D-D-T-D-S. Pepper Eating Contest. That'll be a wrap for today. You know the drill. Tell two friends. Win a free sub sandwich along the way. Leave a positive review. Download and subscribe all the major podcast outlets, iTunes, Google Play, and more. And just remember, if you fail seven out of ten times in baseball, you are a god. You are a legend. You're a Hall of Famer. So go ahead, apply that to life, and hack away. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.